What's up? What's up? Hey, everybody. This is Adil here with another episode of Organic Fit Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well, staying consistent with your regular exercises, eating organic food because it's good for you. So, um, so if you had some challenges this week or last week and you have slipped, today is a new day. Just always remember that. Today is a new day. Just pick it up from you where you left it off and move forward. So, for this episode, I'm super excited to have uh, Jenny here. Our guest is just, she's amazing. She's a total badass, one of the world's strongest women competitor. She kind of have, she holds some titles as well. You know, she specializes in working with elite level athletes in multitude of sports to prepare them for peak physical performance. And she's overall an amazing, genuine person who's trying to help people to achieve their full potential through performance, nutrition, and training. So um, you can always find her at ValkyrieAthletics.com. Again, it's ValkyrieAthletics.com. So before we jump in into our awesome interview, let's go and read some of your reviews here, okay? Um, Let's see here. This one is actually really awesome. Uh, this is from Jackie Gerald. Amazing podcast. I have been listening to other podcasts, but Organic Fit is what I was looking for. Very easy to digest and apply. Adil, you are awesome. I have lost 30 pounds after my pregnancy due to your help. Awesome, Jackie. That's so cool. See? Lost 30 pounds after the pregnancy. So that's not an excuse to be... You know, a lot of people say, hey, well, I'm pregnant, you know, you know, or after my pregnancy, the pregnancy, they just fall off the the wagon you can always pick it up and jackie you are inspiring thank you so much for doing that so now let's jump in and let's go hang out with jenny What's up, everyone? This is Adil again here with Organic Fit Podcast, and today I'm super excited to uh, have Jennifer here in our show. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How was Cabo? Saw you guys went to Cabo. Uh, <laughs> Cabo, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Fresh food, fresh mm-hmm. air, fresh water. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 raining here up where I am right now. I'm in uh, the Reno Tahoe region, and uh, today it's actually it was raining like crazy. You know, uh, fall, the fall season is a full in full blast right now. So it's a uh, well being in San Diego. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be down there soon too, so I'm um, pretty excited about that. But yeah, I'm we're super excited to to have you join us. You know. Uh, our listeners, Jennifer is another world's strongest woman. So that's really, really cool. Last uh, last um, couple episodes, we had AJ Roberts as the world's strongest man. And then now we have a woman trying to diversify here. Love it. How, oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm so excited. So um, how did you... So who's Jennifer? Can you uh, talk a little bit about yourself? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I... Jennifer has... Jenny uh, is the name I go by. Um, I'm a licensed master sports nutritionist, and I run a company called Valkyrie Athletics, and we specialize in working with high-performance athletes such as CrossFit, um, triathletes, marathon runners, um, you know, um, like Ultimate Warrior Challenges, um, 
And so we, we work with um, a lot of different uh, types of athletes and at different stages in their sport. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. I have three dogs, <laughs> all different versions of um, pit bulls and Staff- Staffordshire Bull Terriers. And um, as- <laughs> are they are there any title holders too? Like any strong, world's strongest dogs or something? <laughs> well, they each have their different personalities. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love pits. You yeah. know, the sweetest things ever. Yeah, I've uh, so I've um, I my uh, as my business as well as myself has changed dramatically mm-hmm. um, over time, and so uh, this is where we're at now. But I've uh, as an athlete myself, uh, like you mentioned, I um, am a world strongest woman contender. I placed six in the world in wow. the 75 kilo and under category. Um, there were 15 women from, it was the strongest woman from 15 different countries all over the world. So I placed sixth for um, America. Congrats. Um, I actually, if we're going to get technical, I tied for fifth. But <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was... Um, I competed in strong women um, pretty seriously for about five and a half years, and then before that, I was in um, figure co- com- competing for about three years, and then and before that, I uh, you know was just training in the gym, doing boot camps, doing all kinds of different things as uh, as I was really looking to see what type of athlete I was in my adult life as in, in high school. Um, I was very athletic. I played water polo. I was on the, the swim team and I was a very good swimmer. So, um, so yeah, I've always been an athlete. That's, that's so cool. So with that, with the world's strongest man competition, women competition, um, what did, what did inspire you to get into it? Like, was this something that you wanted to do for a very long time or just, uh, did you have a plan or you just, just happened? Can yeah, you talk a little so, bit about that? Absolutely. I had no idea that that it was actually uh, a thing um, uh, until, um, you know, I, I had gone to a point in, in the bodybuilding industry and in figure um, where for some reason it just didn't feel right for me. Um, I love to train and I train really hard. Um, and I would train in groups of other women. You know, we had teams that we trained with, um, when I was, um, competing and I was always like the standout girl in the group where I would be using like 25 pound dumbbells for shoulder press, like Mm -hmm. easily, you know, for high rep type stuff. And other girls would be using like 15 pound dumbbells. Like I'd be, you know, doing, you know, 140 pound lap pull downs where other girls would be doing like 60, 75, like 80, that type of stuff. Um, and so, um, while it was never hard for me to challenge myself, I, you know, I was always a self, you know, motivator, self pusher. Um, I had some friends in the gym that just pointed out how ridiculously strong I was and that I didn't even realize it, you know? Um, and they said, what, 
would happen if you actually trained for strength. Like you don't even train on a strength training program. Like imagine how incredibly strong you could be if you actually trained for it. And I said, oh, what the heck? Like, let's just do it for fun. And, and I actually did both for uh, a certain period of time. And, and I remember going to a friend's house of mine um, that they introduced me to who happens to actually be the world's strongest woman, Kristen Rhodes, and her husband, Donnie Rhodes. Uh, she is actually, she has a, she's three-time Guinness Bill book world record holder. She is six-time America's Strongest Woman and three-time World's Strongest Woman. She lived right down the street from me. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> and so my entire strongman career, I trained with her, and we had a coach, and we used the same coach to do our programming. But um, obviously with having someone who's stronger than you forces you to continuously try to push harder to catch up with them, right? So, yeah. Um, so I, I went over to their house and I played with some implements, just, you know, never touched the, the implements before. And um, I, I got challenged to compete in a competition. Um, I got called the night before a contest. And I said, they said, we need more women. Would you, would you join us and compete? And I was like, what? I've never even <laughs> done half the stuff that you guys are doing. I've only, literally only touched this thing one time. And they're like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Like, we just need more bodies. So I showed up, and there were seven girls, and I won the whole thing. Wow. And, I, and then um, literally probably a month and a half to two months later, I went to Arizona to compete for Arizona's Strongest Woman. This was in 2010. I signed up two weeks before, didn't train for the competition, and I won the whole thing. That was a big contest. Um, and then I competed at the Europa. I won that one. Literally, it was like a journey of like, bam, 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 win, 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 all the way up to World's Strongest Woman. <laughs> that is so cool. That's awesome. And then you didn't even like, oh, I'm just going to show up and then I'm just going to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, <laughs> after those first two, I was like, okay, I should probably get a little bit more serious about this. Uh, I feel like I'm getting lucky right now, but, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, there's no luck. You know, the luck <laughs> is when the opportunity meets planning. And then obviously you've been, you've been, you know, kicking butt and, and, uh, getting improving and improving all the time so that's that's great so I, I got a quick question for you so like when you start talking about working out so majority of our, our listeners are females and and then we often hear that they don't like to lift because they don't want to look muscular and all that cool you know all that stuff so I think we answered this before but I would love your opinion on that you know when, people, when girls say hey I don't like to do resistance training just because I don't want to look muscular where a lot of studies shows that actually helps a lot with a lot of things down the road after 30 years old. I think it's the um, dif bone deformation or something like that. You know, can you can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, and you know, there are you know for the majority of women, I'm going to say for the majority for the the big the the average female. Um, definitely should not be afraid of lifting weights. You know, I, all of those, um, strength, um, does not equal size. Okay. So I, like I said, I was in the 75 kilo and under category, uh, competing with the highest, 
the strongest woman, women, you know, of that, of that size. And I mean, I was putting up pretty good numbers, you know, flipping 600 pound tires, you know, 600 pound yokes. Um, and I was, you know, under 150 pounds. Um, and so, um, with lifting heavy weights, uh, and as it pertains to, you know, benefiting in the long run, um, it's important that you, that you stimulate your metabolism and you stimulate different muscle fiber types in order to be able to maintain a healthy body um, and to be able to manage weight in the long term. So... Um, as far as like lifting heavy weights and being afraid to lift heavy weights, there are special circumstances with some genetically gifted people mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's, it may be a lot easier to put on muscle for others, but that is definitely not the majority of women. And uh, a lot has to do with our different um, levels of hormones than, than males have. And so some, you know, depending on, you know, your levels of hormones and you would definitely, you definitely probably know if you had any type of hormone imbalance, if you were producing more testosterone than you were, you were estrogen, um, there would be some definite, definite signs and signals that you, I'm sure probably your doctor would have already uncovered, uh, you know, um, and if, as, if, if you were seeing a doctor regularly, yearly, right? Yeah. Um, so in those special cases, it would be okay to say, yeah, it, it, you're probably going to put on muscle easier, but even in that case, you're not lifting the types of weights and you're not eating in the way that's really going to cause you to put on the type of muscle that maybe they're they think that they'll, if they do, that they see. So a lot of women who have a lot of muscle, let's say in CrossFit or even figure in bodybuilding, um, that takes so long to obtain. And you have to have that specific goal in mind in order to work for it because it is not natural. So you have to go above and beyond and really work to try to make something like that happen. It doesn't just, you don't just wake up one day and, <laughs> and accidentally like weigh five pounds more because you put on five pounds of muscle overnight. Yep. It's, it's definitely something challenging and difficult to do. Um, it's something that you have to be consistent at lifting super, super heavy weight uh, consistently, you know, every week to be and, and, and have to eat to support that type of muscle growth as well. So I think that, um, I think that there's also a, um, I think that when people see leanness as well, yeah. uh, even though someone might not be big and muscularly, um, specific talking about females, but if they see women like in a magazine or in person who are very lean, where you can see a lot of muscle definition, that might be also, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Mistaken Mm -hmm. as like, oh, she lifts weights. So she looks bigger. I mean, a lot of bodybuilders, if you've ever been to a 
you know, anyone who's listening, if you've ever, you know, watched bodybuilding on TV or been to a bodybuilding show or, you know, seen pictures of bodybuilders in magazines, um, those guys look super huge, but they're not. <laughs> they're very, you know, they're so lean and, you know, 212, uh, two, 185. Um, is the typical average size when, like, when you know, uh, a male is that lean and is showing that much muscle. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, th- there are some pictures of, you know, people, people like to see yeah. the unnat, the, the unnormal, right? <laughs> what's, what's not normal. They, they put that kind of stuff in, in magazines on TV because it's entertainment, right? Yep. They don't put like what, the majority of people out there. Average people, normal people. Yeah. Average people, normal people. So that's my, I think that's my other side of things as far as like women and lifting weights and putting on muscle. Um, that's my opinion with that. Um, I think to each their own muscle is beautiful. If yes. that's something <laughs> that you want to be able to have and, uh, in order to be able to see, um, you know, Muscle definition, you have to be at a certain body fat percentage. Uh, typically, it's for women, it's under 18%. Um, even, you know, even down to like 16%, you don't even see a lot of muscle definition for women. Um, so, um, and, and as far as like longevity and health, um, it's just, it's, it's important to be, in order to maintain a healthful, figure and metabolism and to get to have enough energy throughout the day you have to stimulate uh the different muscle fiber types Mm -hmm. consistently to be able to achieve you know long-term health yeah and it's so funny when you when you said it earlier when you talked a little bit about how the normal people or not even normally like competitors like i was a competitor myself and there is a picture that was about 155 pounds and i looked huge and it's all perception, you know. So it's all yeah. perception because everything is there. Like there's no fats or anything like that. So it's a, it's a really interesting one. But yeah, I mean, resistance training just was proven that it helps uh, um, women of, uh, over the age of thirty. I think for the bone, bone loss. So that's that's another. And oh, felt, osteoporosis. Yeah. yeah. So well, yeah. It, it's it's huge. And 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 now like I mean you've you've heard you've seen that before. It's like a muscular uh, no muscular like yeah muscular is the new sexy. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I you know it's very attractive and it's very achievable. You know, you don't have to go crazy on heavy weights or anything like that to achieve that. But for no. the for the list for the our listeners who want only want to improve their body composition and feel good, so without going into crazy you know competition routines or um, you know lifting heavy and and, and all that, uh, what do you recommend? What would be a perfect scenario for them? Well, I think uh, it's important to understand the types of listeners that you have, uh, because that greatly changes, uh, the tips that I would recommend. So, um, so let me just kind of put it in, into perspective. We'll talk, uh, I'll talk about one end to the other. Um, depending on someone's level of training, skill level, level of intensity in, in their training, right. Uh, is is going to depend on what types of foods they should be primarily focusing on in their diet. Okay, so obviously protein is a very important staple in every single person's diet, right? 
mm-hmm. um, protein uh, contains, uh, you know, protein is made up of amino acids that are essential for um, tissue um, repair and uh, and it's another way to stimulate metabolism. It's to stimulate muscle through increased protein. Um, and uh, it also helps regulate blood sugars so that you don't have cravings throughout the day uh, and dips in energy, et cetera, et cetera. So protein across the board is important for everyone. Um, A lot of people, I think, that aren't necessarily very focused on sports lack the protein in their diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, They focus on more like carbohydrates and fruits and um, maybe fats and nuts, things like that. And so they're they're missing the protein in their diet. So protein should be in everyone's diet. And typically, uh, for women, I would recommend between one to one and a half grams per pound of body weight. And men are typically around, um, I would say, one and a half to two and a half grams per pound of body weight. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so back to the different. Uh, levels of fitness, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to keep it simple, we have, let's say, a beginner level, uh, an intermediate, and an advanced, okay? So advanced would be like CrossFit game competitor, triathlete, um, you know, uh, bodybuilder, someone who's like hitting it hard, hitting it heavy, um, you know, fast, very, you know, not a lot of rest. I would say in their workouts and can maintain a high level of um, training, you know, for longer periods of time. Right. So, and then beginner would be someone who is very, you know, new to exercise or it may only be exercising for low intensity for up, 30 minutes to an hour a day, uh, that would be beginner. And then intermediate would be in between, right? Bridging the gap in between those two. So depending on the level of intensity that you train and and the level of fitness that you're at will depend on how conditioned your cells are to be able to turn over energy, okay? Mm -hmm. So just like we can condition our bodies uh, to get faster, to get stronger, uh, we can condi- at that same time we are conditioning our cells to get faster at and more efficient at creating energy and giving it to the muscles to be able to get that higher output. Does that make sense? Yep, it totally does. Perfect. So depending on the level of intensity at which you train at and your level of fitness is going to depend on which fuel your body mainly relies on for that energy. If you are in the beginning stages of your fitness journey, I would say uh, carbohydrates are not going to be a huge portion of your meal program. Uh, You're gonna be mainly in in the fats and the protein area, okay? Heavier on the protein. Uh, Definitely not low fat, but not high fat either. Probably just a moderate amount of fat, I would say. Um, And and I usually, across the board, whatever level of fitness you're in, I typically do about 20% of fat um, from all the calories you would eat throughout the day. That's what I, is 
is a, a safe number to use from one end of the spectrum to the other, 20%. And then can you like, just really quick, you know, some examples of the fats that you normally recommend for your um, athletes or your clients? Yes, um, my favorite fats are avocados, almonds, um, olive oil, uh, sometimes coconut oil. Um, those are those are my main ones. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, besides the fats from proteins like steak and chicken and fish, I mean, things gotcha. like that. Awesome. Um, and then, um, so so low to moderate amount of carbs, I would say moderate amount of fats and, and moderate to high protein in that lower beginning stages of fitness. When we get to the intermediate level, there, when when your 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 rest periods aren't as frequent as they were in the beginning, but they're not as uh, they're not as minimal as they are in the higher intensity levels. You're gonna be about uh, you're gonna have moderate amounts of of all three food sources: fats, carbs, and protein. So typically, for someone in 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 that stage. A good, safe recommendation of ratios of foods would be about 20% fat, 30 to 40% carbs, and 40% protein. Nice. Okay. And then when we get to the advanced stages, when your body is, you know, really starting to turn over and your exercise is quick, um, you don't need a lot of rest. You can push it hard. You can lift heavy. You've got strength endurance. Um, we're we're pushing more towards a mainly carbohydrate based diet with moderate amounts of protein. And again, twenty percent fat is a pretty good staple, depending on how intense your training is. If you're a triathlete and you're just swimming and biking and running. Uh, you know, multiple hours, multiple days of the week, then uh, we may want to increase the fats. But typically for that type of client, um, I'm going to put that person on somewhere around 50% carbohydrates and 30, 30% protein and 20% fat. Wow. Yeah. So that that's great. So that kind of uh, led me to a question really quick about carbs. So so in an era where carbs are have become so demonized for their insulin spiking and fat storage properties and all that, so everyone is so afraid of carbs. Uh, can you can you shed a little bit more light on um, for the performance based programs why carbs are good for you? Like and what kind of carbs can you do that? And they're not really that bad, right? <laughs> Given that you guys kind of recommend fifty percent of the daily macros it would be coming from carbs. Yeah. So again, uh, you know, how I mentioned how your body starts to, the cells start to get conditioned mm -hmm. into being able to turn over fuel faster. Okay. Yeah. Um, what happens is when you, when you train with heavier weights and, um, you know, you're training consistently with resistance type training, the level of sensitivity to carbohydrates starts to go down. Okay. So someone uh, maybe who is very new to working out, their sensitivity to carbohydrates is going to be much higher, meaning that because their body is not conditioned to turn that fuel over 
into the muscle quick enough means that it's probably going to hang out in the bloodstream a little bit longer because the body does not need, it's not requiring to absorb it quick enough to get it into the muscle to get used. Does this make sense so far? Yep, totally does. So because of that, because the sugar and the carbohydrates, a.k.a. sugar, is sitting in the bloodstream, the body is going to send a message from the pancreas, from, send insulin from the pancreas. I call it the 911 hormone, okay? <laughs> yeah. I call insulin the 911 hormone because when insulin gets secreased, its number one job is to get the sugar that's in the bloodstream out because there's unsafe levels just sitting in there. So if you think of blood sugar of sand, okay, and sand is just kind of floating around in the veins and arteries, it's, it's if I'm to paint a word picture, it's like what would happen to the end of an eraser. If you were to just sit and rub that eraser against the piece of paper, the eraser would get thinner and thinner and thinner, right? So that's mm -hmm. what happens with sugar in the bloodstream is that's what it's doing in the arteries is it's wearing away, it, it, if it's sitting in there, it's wearing away the sides of the arteries and that's why people with diabetes have horrible blood circulation issues and all that kind of stuff. So that's why, that's why insulin's job is to take the blood sugar out of the bloodstream as fast as it can. And so if it's not going into the muscle, it's gotta go into fat stores. Okay, so as you start to condition your body and you do more weight training, resistance training, your body starts to, um, it's all connected, right? So you're getting faster, you're getting stronger, then the, the cells in your body are starting to get more efficient, are turning over fuel. Um, you know, your cells are getting stronger, so um, they're getting faster and they're starting to pump out more sugar into the muscle because the muscle's utilizing more sugar. And so now your body is less sensitive to sugar and to carbohydrates because it's like, you know, bring it here. Like we need mm -hmm. to process this. We need to turn it over. It's going to go into the muscle. It's going to get used as fuel. So it's all one big related connected system. Okay. So, and someone who's in their, like their beginning levels of fitness is going to have a higher sensitivity to carbohydrate because their entire body is just not ready for those carbohydrates. It's not ready to absorb them. It's not ready to uh, turn them over into energy and it's not ready to expend them yet. And, and, and that's despite whether it's a complex or simple carbs, right? <clears throat> Correct. So, okay. I mean, there's definitely a difference in like the glycemic load of a carbohydrate and how fast it enters the bloodstream. But once it's in the bloodstream, right, it doesn't matter. A, a sugar is a sugar molecule and the body recognizes it as a sugar molecule, no matter what the original source it came from. Yeah, and it's, it's so interesting. Um, I get this question a lot versus, you know, it's a, hey, sweet potato or just regular wrecked potato? Which one do you think? Is it brown rice or um, white rice? Yeah. And in yeah. my world, I respond better. And I, my question is always, hey, it depends on your goals and depends on your, um, your, your response uh, of your system. Like my body loves simple carbs. It, it yeah. process them right yeah. away and all that stuff, but um, some right. others they just love the yeah. complex one. I have a I have a CrossFit athlete right now. She's a regionals level CrossFit athlete. She's five one, one hundred and twenty seven pounds, and I give her four hundred grams of carbs a day. 
Wow. <laughs> because like she's just an incinerator. Like she's such a machine and she's been doing CrossFit for so long. Her body's just conditioned. And I didn't, of course I didn't start her out that way, but it was like, okay, give her some carbs, like see how she's performing, um, see how her body composition uh, responds to that, you know, see how her energy levels are, her hunger levels are. And as, as, uh, you know, as she was able to perform better because her nutrition was on point, she got faster, she got stronger, her endurance went through the roof, but then so did her cells. They got stronger, they got faster, and she started, you know, and now she, her, she needs more. So you give her more, and it's, a, it's like this domino effect. It's a cycle that just mm-hmm. keeps repeating, keeps repeating, keeps repeating. So it's not like if you're starting in the beginning stages of your fitness journey, it's not like you're not going to end. It's not like you're not going to be able to have that forever. You just need to keep your nutrition on point with the rest of your, with the rest of your fitness level. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. I mean, it's a, it goes hand in hand. It's not just uh, because a lot of people will spend uh, time at the gym and they don't see a result because of their diet or their nutrition is just bad. And Absolutely. Yeah, so it all goes in hand in hand, plus adding rest to and recovery, and which is something that a lot of people do not really get much. You know, they think <laughs> it's a, the magic happened at the gym, where the magic actually happened at home or when you're resting. You know, um, so with your with your you guys as um, you know athletes and stuff, how did, how can you talk a little bit about recovery and how's it for you know for you as a female athlete and, and coach, what do you recommend the listener if, if they want to go that path? Like to, as far as recovery, what do you do? Are you kind of one of those who put people in, uh, you know, those ice baths and stuff like that? Or what, what do you do? Yeah. So with recovery, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that the body, we put our body through all types of different types of stress, whether it be mental and emotional, whether it's stress through food we eat, or physical stress from the types of training that we do. So all of those stresses cause an inflammatory response in our body, right? We have different hormones that, um, you know, go up or down depending on our levels of stress and, um, and, and cause an inflammatory response. So um, there are so many aspects toward recovery. I think I could list a, an entire <laughs> page of ways to recover, but, um, you know, as far as with my athletes that I work with and their nutrition, one big question that comes up, uh, that I think I have a unique answer to (laughs) is the question of overtraining. Okay. So when someone is training hard and they may not have very many days of rest compared to how hard that they're training, um, that's where the nutrition really needs to support their uh, their fitness program because in my eyes, overtraining occurs from levels of inflammation that never come down, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and in my eyes, uh, it's due to their nutrition plan. It's not an appropriate nutrition plan for their training. But of course, um, icing, ice baths, uh, the cryo tanks, uh, ice tanks, um, electro, uh, electro stim, electro, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what some of the main 
stream names are for, yeah. for those. Um, but foam rolling, body work, all of these are ways to, to break up uh, lactic acid to reduce inflammation in the body, uh, to kind of detox everything, um, to keep inflammation at bay, right? Yep. Um, glutamine is definitely a huge um, supplement that I rely on for my clients. Um, also, uh, baking soda, which probably sounds really weird. Wow, but I it, actually, yeah, never heard that. <laughs> ba- baking soda is an alkalizing uh, uh, component. So a lot of people, you know, in other countries will use baking soda to uh, in their when they boil their water to help, you know, kill um, germs and stuff in their water to make it drinkable, right? Oh. Um, and so baking soda in the bloodstream does the same thing. It decreases... Uh, inflammation in the bloodstream, uh, and so dep- I, you know, I don't give it to everyone. It's just for you know those who are just really insane athletes training. Their life is training, literally. Uh, sometimes you know you, you just need to add some extra supplementation to really help keep that inflammation um, at rest. So. You know, foam rolling is going to help push out the lactic acid out of the muscle and back into the bloodstream um, and just help reduce, you know, the calcium and, and all the buildup in the muscle. So, so and yeah, the, think, those are just a lot of the <laughs> I know. different ways that um, people can increase the recovery times. But as far as, um, you know, performance-based athletes, those advanced level fitness people it's going to be a lot in the nutrition more so than it's just going to be like foam rolling or ice baths or anything like that yep that's that's something that we're pretty big on is is nutrition is you are what you eat you know and then now you are what you eat eats so it's really interesting how you're you know we are the footprint of what what we eat and that's a so nutrition is a huge thing and it's so interesting when you train too early when you were talking about you know um, higher pro, you know, like I got, I, I've trained a lot and I've done so many things trying to test my body. And uh, there's ways where I can switch from high carbs, you know, high protein and low fats to go the opposite way, which is no mm-hmm. carbs. The only carbs I get is from go ketogenic, kind yep, of a ketogenic yep. diet. And mm-hmm. I can see a crazy change. Um, just out of curiosity, do you get, do you ever do that with your um, with your athletes? Kind of change them completely if you can see any plateau or anything like that as far as the macros breakdown. So let's say you're you're just kind of eliminate carbs completely and then just bump up everything else, or or that's the only way to kind of go about it, which is you know for an athlete is fifty percent carbs or something higher carbs. I- yeah, as long as they're not a high-intensity type training athlete like a CrossFit or a triathlete, like some, like a long-distance, you know, type, um, you know, just someone who's training at above 85%, 80-85%, there's no way I would flip-flop the carbohydrates, but as someone who was in, like, bodybuilding, you know, circuit training, supersets, like that type of stuff where you're not trying to, you know, reduce your time. You're not trying to hit a max lift, that type of thing. Absolutely. There's definitely benefits to kind of, you know, cutting out those carbohydrates, um, you know, increasing fats and, you know, jacking up the protein. 
to be ketogenic. Um, as long as someone is not insulin dependent, diabetic, uh, ketogenic would be very bad <laughs> for okay. because the acid, the acid in the bloodstream uh, would have some very negative effects on someone like that who's whose systems and kidneys are already malfunctioning. So uh, definitely not the type of diet someone like that would want to do. Okay. And then, um, okay, but right, otherwise, <laughs> but otherwise, but otherwise, yes. Um, you know, once you, once you become carbohydrate depleted, uh, the, the body will get its needed resources wherever it can find them. So um, most people don't know that a, carbohydrate molecule and a protein molecule are almost essentially the same except mm -hmm. for a protein has an extra bond of nitrate on it so when the body needs to create a carbohydrate it will pull it from a protein and just chop that nitrate off and it has a carbohydrate so you can go zero carbohydrates through you know no rice no potatoes no bread no all that stuff and increase your protein, and if the body needs those carbohydrates and when it needs those carbohydrates, it can pull it from there. There we go. Nope, heard that before, and I, you know, it's uh, totally, uh, totally true. So yeah, I love that. No, that's super awesome. And then, um, you know, so just to kind of wrap this up, we'll love to get you again. This is awesome. I mean, I, I just looked at the time, and it's flying. <laughs> We're already on like a forty-minute now yeah. uh, thing. So, is there any fad diets out there right now that you think that are kind of, uh, you know, misleading and, and and stuff? Is there? Do you have any uh, anything you've seen? And you're like, well, yeah, I don't know about that, or. Um, do you have anything like right now? It's like the whole paleo movement or intermittent fasting, or there's yeah. this weird thing like every single day there's something that pops up. <laughs> so do you? <laughs> so here's what I've always said about diets: all diets work, but you have to find the diet that's right for you, right? So I don't like a lot of liquid detox diets, but I do believe there's a place and a time for it and a and a and a certain window of opportunity for it right but i don't think like juicing is like 100 percent the way to be because uh, <laughs> as we as i just talked about some people are more carb sensitive than others so like you know breaking down your carbohydrates and for you know breaking up the fibers and making it more you know sugary you know yeah. easier for your body to absorb would give someone the opposite type effect that they were looking for. But also like paleo, I think pa paleo is great for entry level. Like it's popular in CrossFit. I'm not sure where else it's popular with, but like, I think it's great for entry level athletes, beginner athletes who are not necessarily going to be needing all the carbohydrates from you know complex starchy type carbs um but i will tell you that's the number one thing that athletes come to me saying that they've been doing and why it's causing them uh to not be able to lose body fat and why it's causing them to plateau in the gym uh, is because they probably started on that diet but as we learned in the call today as our bodies get stronger and faster it shit the needs, the fuel needs of the body also shift. So they don't know what to do after they've reached that point to where they're no longer beginner level athlete. They may no longer be an in intermediate level athlete. They're an advanced level athlete and now, now they've plateaued because 
the nutrition isn't supporting their needs anymore. So I like... I like what paleo is based on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that it's become a fad and that it's forced people to really pay attention to where their food is coming from. They're not having uh, processed type meals. Um, I I do think it's also caused people to get really creative (laughs) in their sweets and their dessert menus. (laughs) Which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, again, there's a, there's a place and time for it and it's not for everyone. So, uh, so I think that's a misconception. Uh, The people who don't have a, a a good base of knowledge in the, in the, in nutrition, which is very unfortunate uh, and something that I'm working towards uh, fixing in this world um, is that they need to understand what the, what the needs are for their own individual bodies and not just look at something in a magazine or something that their friend is doing and assume that that's going to be the right thing for them. So, yeah. Love it. Thank you so much, Jenny. This, this was really, really informative and very awesome. And, um, where can people come, you know, get in touch with you? So I know that's a Valkyrie athletics, ValkyrieAthletics.com is your website. And you know, we want to, Tell people about your social media presence and all that. Yeah, we do. So we have, uh, we do, we provide a lot of great info on our Facebook page. The main page is Valkyrie Athletics, V-A-L-K-Y-R-I-E Athletics. And then my, so you can get a lot of great, like uh, educational information on our, our main Facebook page. Or if you want to come find me on my personal page, Jenny with an I-E, my last name is Swickla, C-W-I-K-L-A. If you want to come see all the pictures of our athletes uh, and our clients and their uh, before and afters and their testimonials and all that stuff, you can come see me on my personal page. We also have a lot of testimonials on the website, ValkyrieAthletics.com. And if you're interested in, uh, in receiving a free consultation with me to kind of learn more about what you can do to take your physique and your performance to the next level. You can go to my website and click on the get info or the free strategy session button, fill out the form and we can hop on the phone and go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll put all these um, info on, on, on our website as well uh, on the, on the blog post and then show notes. So we'll love to have you again. So this, this is awesome. Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. absolutely. We're trying to diversify here, and then um, you know, and then our listen, we just listen to our you know listeners' request, and then they want uh, somebody to talk about performance, nutrition, and all that. So that's that's been great. So thank you Very so cool. much again, um, Jenny, and and looking forward to uh, have you again on the show. Sounds great, Adele. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>